Good afternoon everyone, this is Danny and Abe here again and today we're going to be talking to you about the story of Noah. Hey you guys, and um, before we just break into it, I just want to start off with a nice verse. And um, many times, many times we see the word favor in the Bible and we see that God finds favor with a ton of people. But in particular, the person we're going to be talking about today is Noah. And I just want to start off with a nice Bible verse that's found in the first book of the Bible. It's in Genesis chapter 6, 8 through 9, and it says, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. So just to get a little bit of context, we see that Noah is the son of Lamech. And um, so we see that during this time of uh, history, we see that sin continued a lot. There was so much immorality in the earth, and God really disliked that. Except he saw Noah, and he saw that Noah was a righteous man. So he decided he wanted to save him, regardless of the fact that everybody else around him was so sinful. We see in Genesis 6, 6, it says, The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. No, um, Abel, when I first read that verse, actually, what does that mean to you? Do you think, because I know we serve a God that is perfect. God is not making any mistakes. So why do you think God said that he regretted making human beings on earth. Was it earth specifically? Or why do you think he would say that? And not why he would say that. It's obvious for the way of their actions. But why would he have created human beings and regret making them? As if, because regret to me is a word that's, that regret means I made a bad decision or I made a mistake. But we serve a God that is perfect. So why would he regret something that he made? Well, one thing I heard in quite a couple of classes here at TFC is that God never made humans perfect, but he made them rather flawless. And yet, he also gave people a free will. Wait, what does that mean when you say that? God didn't make humans perfect, but he made them flawless. What does that mean? He made them flawless in the sense that when he first created them, they they had no sin in them, they had no diseases in them, everything was uh, really good with them. However, because of this free will, human obviously has the choice whether to sin or not, whether to obey God or disobey Him. And so it's with the desire to disobey God where sin comes into the world and where imperfection comes into play. Okay. Carry on, sorry about that verse, the verse you were saying. One interesting thing to see is that even though God is the creator of all and he could have made these humans to obey him whether they want to or not, we see that God continues to give them the free will. And it's so interesting to see that it says God was deeply troubled. Um, we also see in Genesis 6, Genesis 6.13, it says, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. We see that God is very very unpleased with the people that are sinning, and he wants to destroy all of them. Um, However, like we said before, Noah finds favor in the eyes of God. And God decides to save Noah, and not just him, but his entire family as well. We see that it doesn't really mention anything about his family, whether they were righteous or not. It just mentions that Noah found favor in the eyes of God. We see that since God is all-powerful, he could have just kept Noah alive, killed everybody else, and then just created him a new wife, and just simply started over. But yeah, we see that God is so merciful and gracious, and he decides to save Noah and his entire family. Okay. Um, when My question is towards that as well. Is this, um, 
when the Lord decided not to just destroy people, but destroy the, her, the whole earth and wipe it out. Later on in his story, he does make us a promise that that would never happen. He'll never wipe out the whole entire earth, correct? Mm -hmm. Do you think there's times now in the world that we live in when we see things like Hurricane Katrina or just floods that happen all across the world, their sections are wiped out? Do you think that sometimes God is displeased with people and those 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 events happen? I would say yes and no. I believe there are a lot of times that... God is really upset with a specific people and that's why he makes different types of events happen such as hurricanes, um, floods and all kinds of these disasters. But yet I believe there are also sometimes where a certain group of people don't do absolutely anything wrong and it's just because of the sinful sinfulness of humanity that these bad things happen to people even though they don't deserve it we see all throughout the bible sometimes we don't do anything wrong and something bad just simply happens to us we must look at the life of job he was righteous before god yet he went through so many hardships and through these hardships god tested him and he proved to be faithful to him good good good, good. um and I have a Bible verse that I was actually just looking at. It's found, if you guys want to look it up back home, it's found in Ezekiel. It's Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 14. And it says, even though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in the midst, in this midst by their own righteousness, they could only deliver themselves, declares the Lord God. So, we're, and we were just talking about Job. We're talking about people that are around other people, and they've seen people struggle, but particularly these three, Noah, Daniel, and Job, they they, 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 they had they had faith in God. And even if even if people were around them that were sinning, that weren't living for Christ, they purposed in their heart that they would not sin against God. And the Lord viewed them as righteous and upright. And that's why Job and all of them were show, chosen, especially Noah and his family were saved. Another interesting thing to see through this is that can't remember exactly what Bible verse, but somewhere in the Bible it says that, and of course I'm paraphrasing, it mm -hmm. says that hardships produce perseverance, and perseverance produces, per, produces patience, and so on and so on. And in the end, I believe it gets to the topic of love, and we see that the love of God is never changing, and He's always there with us. Right. Um, as we go on, we see that, like I said, Noah was faithful. Um, and one topic that comes up with this is the fact that God doesn't bring down those who are righteous. Um, we see in Psalm 1, it says that God knows those who are righteous and those who aren't uh, and those who are unrighteous and in the end even though the right uh, the unrighteous are mixed around with those who are righteous god will distinguish them because he knows who they are and in the end we see that the unrighteous will definitely perish however god will keep those who are righteous um strong and he will make sure that they don't perish uh proverbs eleven twenty one says the wicked will not go unpunished, but those who are righteous will go free. When the earth was wiped out and Noah's family was the people that God has selected, do you think there were times where Noah was like, hey, I don't, he questioned God and he was like, well, maybe we can do something differently other than killing all these people? Or do you think Noah seen it as something that would eventually have happened? And also, is there times that we can parallel it to our life where we see people that are sinning, but we know that hey, we can tell them to change, but we know that God, their, their sins will not go unpunished. Uh, well, one thing I've noticed as I read parts of the Bible is that it seems like in the old days, God was not, if you will, it's not that he wasn't fair and compassionate, but yet we see he was a little more hard if you will with the people in the old days he is, he expected more out of them now i believe the reason because of that the reason for that is that a lot of times we see god would 
actually show himself to that person, whether through a voice or through an angel or stuff like that. And so I think that is the reason for why he was a little bit more hard with people in the old days. And um, so I believe Noah had a feeling that something would happen and God would bring justice and clear out all the unrighteousness. However, a lot of days uh, today, we see that God is more gracious and merciful with us. And we see that God still speaks to us in many different ways. However, he doesn't really speak to us, like show up like face to face with us like he did in the old days. And I believe that's why he's a little bit more gracious and merciful with us today. Um, and a lot of times today we see that people take advantage of God's goodness and mercy and they continue to persist in their sin. And sometimes, or a lot of times, we see that nothing ever bad happens to these people. They end up living their entire lives and nothing bad happens to them. But we know that whether or not something bad happens to them here on this earth or not, we know that in the end, they will get what, what they have coming towards them. In the end, because of their unrighteousness, they will face um, consequences. Because right. that was leading into my other question. Because in the Old Testament, we see plenty of times where God was literally not playing with people. And I was wondering, like, why, how come, like, not almost if he's a little bit lenient towards us, but we don't see the same thing. And I honestly think that's the case because these people, they literally seen God, like they walked with him. They, they even got a chance to be by Jesus. So that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So the next thing we see is that Noah obeyed God and he didn't simply just obey him, but he obeyed him right away. As soon as God told him, get started on building the ark. He started right away. He didn't hesitate. And a lot of times today, we tend to do that, not just with God, but also with our parents. For instance, there were so many times in my life, my parents told me to do something, go clean up the house, take out the garbage or something like that. I was like, okay, I will. But yeah, it took me forever to do it. And whether or not I knew the reason for why my parents wanted me to do it then, they had a perfectly good reason. And in the end, a lot of times, I would end up not doing it at all because I would either forget or something came up and it was slightly more important than that. And so one thing to learn from this is that whenever God or even our parents tell us to do something, we must not only listen, but we must try to do it right away. And you know when 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 Noah was building when Noah was building the ark, <clears throat> when Noah was building the ark, if you notice, like at first, we have to keep in mind that it never rained there, like hardly ever. You would hit the lottery pretty much before it rains there, and he had people making fun of him, joking, joking about him, calling him a fool. But he was persistent, and he was insistent, and following the orders of the Lord and having faith in Christ. And I believe, I believe there's a lot of times where we'll be put into situations that almost as if we're like Noah, where we'll have friends thinking, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? Or when you dream big, when the Lord prepares something in your heart, when he tells you, I have this for you. And there will be a lot of people, even your friends, they'll look at you like you're crazy. They'll make fun of you and they'll be like, oh, yeah, OK, sure. But you have to keep faith in the Lord. And I think that Noah is a perfect example of having obedience in the Father. We see that Philippians 2.14 says, Do everything without grumbling or arguing. And then going back to the idea of listening to our parents and God and doing so right away, we must also remember to try to refrain from grumbling. A lot of times we obey God and our parents, we do it right away, but yet we're so upset with them. We don't want to do it at all and we start grumbling and stuff like that. However, God reminds us to obey him and our parents to do so right away and to do it without grumbling. Because in everything that we do, we must remember, we must do everything we do out of love. Because if we don't have love in what we do, there is no point doing what we were supposed to do. Correct. I agree with you on that. And there's another Bible verse that I want to point out. And let me see if I can find it in my notes. Um, 
And it's going back to what we were saying in the beginning. It's in Noah. It's in Genesis chapter six, verse eleven, and it says, "Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked on the people, and behold, it was corrupt. For all the flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth." Then Jesus said to Noah, "The end of all flesh have come before me, and for the earth is filled with violence, and because of them, and behold, I am about to destroy, destroy with them the earth. Make for yourself an ark." Of wood, you shall make the ark with rooms, and shall over it and inside out with the pitch. This is how you shall make it. And the Lord gave him a specific amount of length, what he wants inside it, how many rooms, and he told him that there will be animals inside it as well. And like once again, if you if you just read this and you read before it, you're like, even here reading it now, we're not even we weren't even with the people back then, but you would think. This is cr- like this is crazy. It never rains here. Why is he building an ark? And how is he gonna make an ark that's so big? How is this possible? But he had faith in the Lord. And he just never questioned God, and he remained upright with integrity. So as we go on, we like I said, we see that Noah obeyed God. He did so without grumbling, and he did so right away. One interesting that I interesting thing that I always thought of is Danny what would you think would have happened if Noah was late by a day or two with building the ark do you think something would have happened to him and his family I think you know I that's a that's a great question because it all comes down to your obedience with the father and being persistent because I'm sure like him thinking each day, like, why am I working like a slave towards this? There, it hasn't even rained or anything. And every single day amounted to the day of the rain. I don't know if it was a fixed day that the Lord already had, or it was a when Noah completes this job. And it's based off of his persistence, his perseverance, and his trust in me and his integrity. So I don't think anything may have happened to him, but I don't, that's, that's a tough question. Um, I think I just think the main thing to look at is his perseverance, is his integrity, and his his and his tribe to follow God and have faith in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And one thing to keep in mind is that we won't always know the reason be uh, behind God's specific act, but we must always trust Him that He knows best. We see that. He is a great creator and author who creates and writes beautiful things. And he writes the stories of people's lives in so many beautiful ways. And at times we don't really see the details in what God is doing. But we must always trust that he has a great plan for us. And we must always follow through by faith, not by sight. And I can tell you, I'm pretty sure Noah, when he was with, when he was on the ark with his family, he was very happy, and he just probably just fell down to his knees and saying, "Thank you, Father. Thank you. I didn't know what you were doing, but you knew what you were doing, and I'm so grateful and thankful. I kept faith in you." And my question is to you, Abel, how do you think he felt? Because I know there is people probably beating on that ark. Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. So, my question is. In our lives, when the Lord gets us where he wants us to be and we stay on the right and narrow path and we start to become successful and we see others around us that we try to get on the right track, when they start saying, hey, help me, help me, do we do we help them? Like, what, what was Noah supposed to do in that situation when he heard people, let me in, let me in, let me in, and they're dying? I mean, definitely in Noah's situation, I'm sure a lot of those people didn't really criticize him at all. They might have been thinking in their heads, think he's really weird, but I'm sure a lot of them were still his friends and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure when he heard them crying out for help and stuff, I'm pretty sure he had a deep sense of regret and discomfort. I'm like, honestly, if I were in that case, like I would still feel really sorry like there's so many times we see someone doing something really bad and they have a miserable ending. Right. However, because of that compassion and mercy God fills us with, we still feel sorry for that person. 
So I'm pretty sure that's how uh, Noah felt. And speaking about these days, um, since God is God seems to be more lenient with us, I would say definitely we should do our very best to try to help that person. Mm -hmm. However, when we go about helping that person, we must always be careful not to objectify them, not to see them as simply this person with this specific needs, but rather acknowledge all the talents and gifts that they have and try to help them see how special they are, not to see them as simply someone that needs help. Um, one thing we must also keep in mind is that we're not the ones that will help them reach the understanding of Jesus Christ as their personal savior. That is the job of the Holy Spirit, not our job. Our job is to simply open the vistas from which uh, these people can see the different characteristics and attributes of God and see how amazing he, he is. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, they will think about it, discern all these different things. And in the end, it's up to them to decide whether or not they want to follow Christ. I agree with you. I agree with you. One one story I heard is that one time there was this little boy uh, with his father working somewhere, and I believe they were in the jungle or somewhere, and this boy was doing something, playing around or working or something, and all of a sudden his dad stands still and he uh, tells the boy, he looks at the boy with a lot of concern in his eyes and he tells him drop down where you are right now roll down in the mud roll towards me and the son didn't really understand why his dad was telling him to do that but yeah he listened and he listened to him right away and as soon as he got to where his father was far away from where the specific tree was where he used to be underneath it uh, he realized that there was a snake ready to drop down on where he would have been if he had to, if he had to move out of the way when his father told him to do it. Wow. Dang. And I think the main thing with the story of Noah is to show us that a lot of times where even prayer pressure gets brought up, a lot of times we're going to be put in situations where if I, I view it as if you don't have a if you don't have a big dream for your life where it sounds crazy to people that I don't think that you're dreaming big enough. And um, I think there's going to come a time where we're going to have to have faith in the Lord and there's going to, it's going to seem crazy. We're going to be like, what in the world, God? But he wants us, he wants us to have faith in him and he wants us to stay on the narrow path. Definitely. And another, another thing we see in this story is that, we oftentimes look at this story and we think that did the people that died in the flood, did they actually have a chance? And I believe the answer is quite simple. I would say they did have a chance. We see that God is merciful. And even in those days where it seems that God was more a little more strict with them, we see that he would still give them so many chances. We should simply look at the facts. We see that even before Noah started building the ark, they had all this time to turn back to him and to try to be righteous and to repent of their sins. And then, obviously, during the time that it took Noah to build the ark, that must have taken a really long time. Right. And so even during that time, these people had the opportunity to change, ask God for forgiveness, but yet we see that they kept on sinning. They kept on going in their sinful ways. Mm -hmm. But we see that God definitely gave them a chance. But then, obviously, he didn't force them. He gave them the choice of whether to obey him or not. And they chose the latter part, to disobey him. Correct. And how does this story speak to you? If there's two things that you can take from this story, Noah's Ark, what's two things that really caught your eye and your heart and your attention? Two things I would say is to, obviously, we're never going to reach perfection until Jesus comes. But yeah, we are all always to strive for that perfection. So 
in everything that we do, we must always think about, and I know this might sound morbid because we hear it all the time, but always think in this manner, what would Jesus do? And try to mirror God and image and uh, bear his image in everything that we do and try to live righteously. And then secondly is we must always obey God and not just God, but those in authority over us when they're trying to tell us to do something good. And although we won't always see the reason for it, we should always try to do it like as soon as they tell us without grumbling. One important thing to remember is that although in the sight of our friends and acquaintances, although sometimes it might look like we're really weird, we must always remember that God knows what he's doing and we just need to trust him. I'm pretty sure at least almost every single day, Noah must have been asked by the people around him and his friends and stuff like that. Why in the world are you building a boat? Like we haven't had rain for a really long time or possibly they didn't even have rain at all. Um, and a lot, I'm pretty sure a lot of them were like criticizing him and stuff like that. We see that peer pressure is a really big thing it always has been ever since the beginning of history. And especially these days, we see a lot of people trying to give in to peer pressure because they want to be part of a specific group. They want to be cool and acknowledged and stuff like that. However, these really cool groups and stuff aren't really the righteous groups that we need to be in. And we see a lot of times the people that try to join these groups are so stressed about what they could do in order to be cool and be accepted by these people. And in the end, they lose sight of who they really are, who they're meant to be. And a lot of times they become so stressed that some of these people even commit suicide. Mm. How do you feel about that? I think... I think that's that that's a big thing, peer pressure, because there's even in the story, Noah could have quit after the thirtieth day and was like, you know what? You know what? I'm tired of working on this ark and my friends are right. I look like a fool out here. I look like the homeless man. I look like someone that's on as someone that's deeply have lost their mind and I'm just gonna start hanging out with them again, start doing my regular job. So I think peer pressure means a lot, even to our today's in our time. Peer pressure can be, oh, you're waiting waiting till you get married, you're not going to have sex, and you don't know if God's presenting you from a disease or or what. So I think that the number one thing to do is just keep following God's word, trust in him, and do the right thing. No allow peer pressure to affect you. Definitely. One thing to keep in mind is that we all are created specifically in our own unique ways. And we we all have different personality styles, different gifts, different talents, different spiritual gifts, and so many different things that make us unique. And one thing to remember is that we mustn't try to be like other people. We must always remember to be ourselves, be who we're meant to be, instead of trying to be the person that other people wants us to be. And... A second thing to remember is to hang around people of good virtue um, because people of good virtue, they're the ones that truly care about us and that will try to help us grow uh, spiritually and become the best people we can possibly be. Yes, and iron sharpens iron and um, birds of a feather flock together and just be careful who you're influenced by because the people that you're around, you are you are what you're around. The people that you're around, if they're if they're lazy, they're doing bad things, then more than likely that's what you're going to turn out to be. And even in some cases, if you have to be alone like Noah, that's okay as long as you have the father that's right beside you. Definitely. Proverbs 12, 26 says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. We see the Bible even telling us that we must always try to be with friends that are righteous and that will help us grow. Um, Also, another, um, not Bible verse, but a quote 
that's really good and that applies to this is one that Booker T. Washington uh, said. And he says, associate yourselves with people of good quality for it is better to be alone than in bad company. And that's that, 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 that verse mirrors Noah's situation. Because if he would have just said, you know what, I give up, man, it would have been awful. The flood would have come and he would have died and the whole creation, everything would have been thrown off. So I think that verse specifically talking about Noah and the things that we face now in our lives. All right. The next thing we can take from this is to be cautious. But yet, while we are still cautious, we must also try to bring others to Christ. There will always be people that will be, that are, if you will, babies in their faith. And they haven't reached adulthood in their faith. Mm -hmm. And they should, they're not really strong in their faith at the moment. They should definitely try to completely stay away from those who are unrighteous. But for those of us that are right, that are adults in our faith in God, While being careful, we must always go and reach out to those who are unrighteous and try to lead them to the right way. Show them how God is and how important it is to come uh, to faith with Him. Um, We see that even Jesus Himself, who is God, uh, we see that he, He hung out with prostitutes, tax collectors, and so forth. So many people that were completely messed up especially during those days. They were looked down upon by everybody around them. Yet Jesus hung out with them. However, he didn't let them influence him, but rather he influenced them in so many good ways. And we see that a lot of people that he hung out with, they turned around and completely changed their lives and accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. How how do you... do you feel like it's okay for you to go to a club that's drinking and stuff and think you can change people in there? Or do you think it's okay to go to a party like that as long as, or or you think it's wrong, you might be influenced? Or do you think it's okay if you feel as if you're a strong enough Christian and you come there with a sole purpose to help change people? I mean, definitely. If, as I said, if you're really strong and you've reached that point of adulthood within your faith, Mm-hmm. I believe you can definitely do that. Um, however, like I say, you should still be careful. Pray to God for strength and pray to Him for wisdom to know exactly how to reach to these people. Because a lot of these people, at first, they don't even want to hear the mention of God. So, like, we are to, we are to try to approach them in a way where... At first, we don't necessarily talk about God, but we talk about His specific attributes, the moral ethics that we can take from God and stuff. And I think that's how we should approach them. We see that even Paul in uh, a lot of his preaching sometimes, he used uh, the example of some pagan person Mm -hmm. which had a moral ethic in what he said. He, although he wasn't a Christian, and he used that in order to relate to the people around him much better. Okay. All right. So now going back to the idea that we don't always understand God's reason, but then again, we must trust Him. Um. We see that, like I said, during those days, it either didn't rain at all or it rained very little. And so this is one of the very big reasons why the people around Noah didn't really believe that it would rain. Um, we see in Genesis 2, 6, it says, But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Um, so from this we kind of get the sense that, it, like I said, it either didn't rain as much or it didn't rain at all because even all the plants and stuff like that that needed water in order to grow, we see that the Bible says that a mist came up from within the earth to water everything in order to make oh, wow. sure that everything um, grew and so forth. 
And from this we see another thing is that God cares about all creation, even animals. We see that um, God gives, um, not Adam, I was about to say Adam, uh, he gives Noah the command to load up all the animals within the ark. And we see that God tells uh, Noah to get two of each kind of animal, both male and female. And one thing we can see from this is that God is all-powerful, and we see that God can have easily just killed all the animals with it, with the whole earth and all the bad people, and He could have just created new ones after the flood. But yet, we see God's care of all creation, including animals, in the, in the fact that He made Noah bring two of each animal into the ark. Matthew 6.26 says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Another thing we see from this is that if God cares about all of creation, including all of his animals that he created and stuff, we see how much more does God care about us? Okay. He cares about us even more than he does about the animals. Uh, and we know that God will always provide for us. Even when we don't see the end to a means, we know that God is all-powerful, and somehow, if we trust in Him, He will bring us through, and He will always provide for us. Were there any cases, Danny, in your life where you were struggling with something, or you really needed something, and God came through with for you? Yeah, there's been plenty of times. Some have been within a snap of a finger. Some have been where it took years, but he's never failed to come through for me. And um, but sometimes it's always left. It's never been just the final say so. Is he may have provided, but it always leaves me okay. What do I do next? It never just leaves me like okay, that's just it. But it leaves me in a position where I'm like, okay, like what were you trying to teach me, and what do I do next? Definitely. And I personally have seen God's hand at work in my life so many times. And I've seen his constant care and all throughout my life. And I'm going to give you guys one instance. Um, last semester, um, I knew that I was thinking about some of the things that I would need for this semester. Um, for instance, I really need to do an internship this semester. And because of the fact that I'm not allowed to drive because I have really bad peripheral vision, I knew that I would need a bike to get in and out of town. However, at that time, my parents didn't really have the money to get me a bike. And so I, I simply just prayed about it. And what would you know, sometime going into the semester, a couple of weeks or um two or three weeks going into semester. Um, e yeah, Eagle's Nest, the, the cafe that we have here at Tacoa Falls College, they decided to do a raffle ticket drawing. And what would you know? The prize for it, for whoever won, was a bike. So sure enough, I got a few raffle tickets and I just prayed all about it until the day that the drawing was going to be done. And by the day of the drawing, um, I was just hanging out with friends and then all of a sudden I just got a message from um, one of the people that run the raffle ticket thing and they told me, hey look, you actually won one of the bikes. And you know, I was just overwhelmed by God's love and we see that God truly cares about us and then even in the small things, sometimes we think something is too small for God to care about. But we see that God does care about every single thing, no matter how small it is. And it's through God's help um, that I had winning the spike. I was not only able to use it a lot throughout last semester and then even part of this semester, but then also because of that, like it also answered another prayer. And this prayer was, for me to lose weight um, 
in time for my sister's wedding because at that point like I was really really chubby and my sister's wedding was coming up I kept praying to God to give me the will and the strength to do something to lose all this weight so I could look good for my sister's wedding and through this bike which God helped me win I was able to lose a lot of weight and we see that, like I said, God will always provide for you, even if it's something small. Just bring it up to Him in prayer and just trust in Him and He will see you through. So moving on with the story, we see that after the ark is all, uh, is all built and all the animals come in, we see that God Himself shuts the door to the ark. We see that not Noah and his sons shut the door, but God himself shut the door. And through this, we see that God is in control of everything. We see that what God shuts, no man can open. And then we see this all throughout history. If God wants something to happen, he will always see it through. And um, it doesn't matter if people get in the way, if people mess up. God is all-powerful and He uses even the people's mistakes in order to make His plan come to fruition. And we see also the vice versa. God is also in control of our lives. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And again, going back to the idea that no matter what we're going through, God is in control and what doors He opens, no one can close. And if God opens up an opportunity for us, we see that no one can close it and we just need to trust God and keep on going through and He will help us. Yeah, and what really caught my attention that I didn't notice before is that God shut the door. And a lot of times in our life, we'll view something as failure or we'll be down. But it's really just God closing the doors in our life to protect us and showing us where he really wants us to go. Definitely. And I think a really good example of that is 9-11. We see that a lot of people, there's so many accounts of people being stuck in traffic during that day or they put on the wrong uh, two different types of shoes and they had to go back to their house and get it. Wow. And because of that, they were late to work and they were not in the building when the airplanes hit. And even through, like I said, even through this, we see that sometimes God makes certain things happen. And for us at that moment, we'll think it's something bad. But yet, as we go on through our lives, we'll see that God protected us from something really dangerous that could have changed our lives in a dramatic, bad way. Wow. Um, did you read a story that said that, where someone said they put on two different pair of shoes? Yeah, I just heard um, different stories. I don't remember who, was, who it was from, but this person uh, either read these stories or heard testimonies of these stories online. And just different things like that. We see that, like I said, so many people were late to, um, to their work on that specific day in the Twin Towers. And it was for like the craziest reasons, some, uh, some of these cases. But yet God used these sort of what humans would call ridiculous things in order to keep these people away from the Twin Towers and keep them safe from the attack. That's so crazy. And it's like, well, see, a lot of times we'll be thinking, why is this door shut? Why isn't this working? Why didn't I get accepted into this, Lord? Why didn't I get this job? And really, it's the Lord protecting us the whole time. So as we move on, we see that Noah and his family were in the boat for 40 days and 40 nights. And one thing that comes up with this is the idea that did God create? Did God forget them? Because, given the fact that God is all powerful, like it wouldn't have taken that much long, that long for God to simply kill everyone and then make all the waters recede uh, within a day or two. But yet, through this, we see the testing of Noah's faith. Through that time, 
we should think about how Noah felt. And I'm sure some kind of thoughts came in his head. Did God, did God forget me and my family? What's going to happen to us? Are we ever going to see land again? Are we going to be saved? But yet, we see that Noah is faithful to God and he trusts him. And after 40 days and 40 nights, God made all the waters recede. And the ship uh, comes to land on a mountain. And they're able to get off and restart history once again. Um, and one thing to get out of this is that God will never forget us. We see that sometimes certain things are meant to happen, but yet, and God really wants them to happen, but yet He doesn't want them to happen at a specific time. And a lot of times, we just simply need to be patient and wait for God's perfect timing because sometimes even the best of things that we want to happen wouldn't be that good if it happened at the point where we want them to happen. But they'll be completely perfect when they happen in God's perfect timing. How do you feel about that, Danny? Just, honestly, just comes down is just to me, just having faith in God and just knowing that he knows what's best for us, which is the hardest thing to do, but it's the best thing to do. Definitely. And then as soon as Noah and his family and all the animals get out of the ark, we see God creates a rainbow in order to in order to show them a promise that he would never again flood the entire earth again. And we must always keep in mind that God's promises are always steadfast and they will never change. It may happen quickly, sometimes it may take so many years for it to come to fruition. We look at the life of Abraham. God promises that he would be the father of all nations, and yet he doesn't have a biological son until he reaches the age of 100. But the point is, we must always trust God because one way or another, sooner or later, he will make what he promised come to fruition. So after a while, after getting off of the ship, we see that Noah gets drunk. And one of the ideas that arises from this is the idea of whether it's wrong or not to drink. And I believe it's pretty clear in the Bible that we can drink. We just need to be careful not to get drunk. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. It doesn't say to not drink at all. It just says do not get drunk on wine because it leads to debauchery. And we see that Noah, he has a little bit uh, too much wine and he gets drunk on it. And Ham, one of his sons, he saw Noah, his father, naked and he went to tell the others, the other siblings and so forth. And we see that Ham was very mean to his father. Instead of trying to help him out in order, uh, to try to cover him up and stuff like that, in order to try to help him out, we see that he laughs at him and he goes to the others to come look at him and laugh with him and stuff. But we see that uh, his other two sons, they come and cover him up. And we see that because of Ham's sin, he was cursed uh, by Noah after Noah um, after Noah became sober again. We see, like I said, Shem and Japheth helped Noah. They came and uh, they put a cloak around him. And not only that, but they took it so much to the level that while they were putting on his cloak, they didn't even look at him because they really res respected their father. And they didn't want uh, his privacy and his dignity to be put to shame. So, like I said, they went, clothed him, and while they clothed him, they didn't even look at his nakedness. And one thing that comes out of this is the idea of respecting our parents. Uh, the Bible reminds us to always respect our parents. In Exodus twenty twelve, it says, Honor your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. We see that because 
Ham didn't respect his father. He was cursed. And yet, Shem and Japheth, because they respected their father, and to a really high degree, they were really blessed, them and their families. And we must always remember that anytime we disagree with our parents about something or we're upset with them, we must always remember to stay calm and simply obey them even if we don't see the purpose right. behind their their um, their command. And just honor our father and mother and have respect towards them the way they had respect towards Noah. Yeah, I know. Definitely. And that concludes the story of Noah. Hope you guys enjoyed and have a good rest of the week. Thank you guys for tuning in with us.